You are listening to the Mad Device Rep Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the Red Hat Gang, aka the online community of medical device sales reps. I'm your host, the Mad Device Rep. What is up, Red Hat Gang, and welcome back for episode seven of the Mad Device Rep Podcast. Hope everybody is having a strong Q4 so far as we get into the last month of the traditional fiscal year. I know it has been quite the year. I hope everybody's hanging in there, especially as we still navigate this global supply chain mess. I feel like we have to use the word back order in every other sentence, but hang in there because we're going to get through it. And it's actually part of what I want to talk about today is how. So before we get into that, just a few updates. Apologies for, again, the lag between podcast episodes. Been some big life news, good news, that has actually factored into why I want to talk about the subject I want to talk about today, as well as some of my own experiences with this. And on the update side, those who follow my Instagram page, the subscriber feature is now enabled. So what that means that it is four ninety nine a month to subscribe to get more exclusive content and the opportunity to deepen our connections within our network. So now this isn't going to be for everybody. This is more for those who are interested in engaging more and provide a better development opportunity as well. So those of you who know Omar Khatib, he and I are working on a few things together that will add a little bit more value and give you guys a little bit more content from a sales tactics standpoint and also partner up for some more live events. So you notice I don't do a whole lot of those on my Instagram page because I am an anonymous figure and anytime I do a live event, there's always some risk that I'm going to do something stupid and accidentally dox myself, which I'm not interested in doing right now because first and foremost, This page is not a personal brand for me, nor do I want it to be at this point in time. So check that out. We're very early in this process, so this is something that we can help build together, but I'm not going into this completely void of a game plan and trying to figure it out as I'm collecting your money. So just be aware of that. Hit subscribe if that's something you're interested in, and more details will be coming out very soon. So uh, speaking of Omar, so there's some information in the show notes. If you are a rep who is invested in your own development and you want to get some tactics that your company is not going to teach you about how to leverage network effects to grow your business, check out Omar's course, the Medical Sales Network Effects Program. It's phenomenal, guys. I have been through it myself. I'm actually going back through some of these modules now, especially as I work out my long-term strategy of how I build up a network and leverage this network from a sales standpoint and build the sphere of influence around me. So I've got something that I can take with me from role to role or company to company. That's something that I have cultivated on my own. Now, the key reason I promote this course is because I have personally used these tactics to drive business for myself. So I don't want to give you too many more details because I'm not going to do this justice. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about Omar's program. So anyway, with that, let's get into the subject of this podcast, which is mental health and sales. Guys, this is part one. This is a subject that not one single podcast can cover because it is just so broad. There's so much to talk about, 
because we suck at talking about it, right? Still, it's 2022, and we still suck at talking about mental health and sales. And there's several reasons why. And when I'm talking about mental health and sales, I mean the mental health challenges that come along with sales. Now, this isn't talking about like making excuses for poor performance because it's hard. We know sales is hard. We're a tough group. We're competitive. But that doesn't mean we're not human. So why don't we like talking about it? One, I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's something that we've really never known how to discuss in the past, really to have that conversation, just because nobody wants to touch it. It requires vulnerability you know, to admit that we're struggling with something internally you know, within our organization, and vulnerability to admit that something that's previously, previously been perceived as a weakness exists within our organizations, and it's heavily stigmatized. You know, it's not, it's not a weakness. It's a human, very, very human challenge to deal with. And if we worry about the labels and judgment that comes with it. And I, I think the last thing is, I know at the service level, it's just not profitable, right? Because if you have to take a step back to address any kind of like mental health concerns, you start to burn out. It takes us away from the grind. Like our leadership doesn't want to hear that. We don't necessarily want to hear that, right? Like, with our own own bias against it, which is usually an uneducated bias against it because we really don't even know what we are dealing with half the time if we're going through some kind of challenge. So that brings me to, you know, why should we talk about this? One, because we're human. I mean, that's indisputable, right? Like, you, you can't fact check that. And humans aren't invincible, you know, especially when you are facing beatdown after beatdown in a high-stress environment. And talking about this becoming more aware and more educated is going to make us stronger in the long run. More empathy and awareness around this subject lead to more education and hopefully more action in a very positive and very healthy way. And, and ultimately, because we need to take care of ourselves. You know, I don't think anybody owes the world anything except for being the best version of yourself and being a decent person. And sometimes in sales, we don't always prioritize self-care. We want to put the quota above all else, friends, family, and ourselves. And, and that's just not the right approach because you can still be successful and take care of yourself at the same time. And just want to make a note, you know, what, what this discussion is not, it's not an excuse. You know, like going through these types of, you know, if you're, you're feeling burnt out, you're struggling with anxiety and depression, you're 100% entitled to your own feelings, and you can't always control how negative events will impact you. Because I have been there before. I've struggled with these things, especially when you get so hit with so many life changes all at once. Uh, you know, I've talked to you previous episodes of my military background. I've actually been pulled out when I was a reservist more than once with uh, you know, more than one company, and that's hard. That's so many things are thrown at you out of your control, but how you, how you find ways to address that and cope with them over the long term, that is what you're responsible for. You are responsible for educating yourself and finding the ways to pull yourself out of that funk. And I want to make a disclaimer here. As we get deeper into this discussion, I am not a licensed mental health professional. I am not a licensed healthcare provider. So if things are getting so bad that it's truly debilitating, go seek professional help. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's a link in the show notes to the BetterHelp app. I've got no financial connection to it. 
I just think that it's an outstanding resource if you need to find professional mental health help from a counselor or from a psychologist or whatever you need at that time. And be sure to check, too, if your company has any kind of um, employee benefits that can get you connected with any kind of counseling if you need it, or even just coaching in general. If you listen to the podcast that I did with Zed Williams from the Medical Sales Accelerator podcast, it was a great, great discussion. Very, very sharp guy. We talked about that a little bit about, you know, throughout your career, whether it's your development or things you're struggling with, you can't do it alone or you shouldn't do it alone. There's probably people out there that have been doing this for 20 years. It's like, yeah, I've never had to do that. Well, there are some of y'all that probably should. Um, if you've ever worked with the, the super jaded negative rep that has built up all these things over time and then takes it out on everyone else, that's a problem. Not saying that's everybody, but we know that's out there, and, that, and that's where this help is extremely important. So anyway, moving on. The, why am I talking about this right now? Like, what, where did this all come from? Well, it's because the word burnout has come up more times in the past, I'd say, two months than it ever has at any point within my career. I'm talking about hearing people tell me they're burnt out. Now, part of it is because my follower base has grown, so my connection points with reps in this industry is a lot higher, but also the reps that I'm close with. Even people that are outside of our industry that are dealing with all of these changes in the current economical environment talking about feeling burnt out. Lord knows our customers are feeling it worse than we are. You, know, you think about how short-staffed they are trying to take care of patients, and they can't get what they need from our companies. We can't get what we need to sell to our, our customers so they can take care of their patients. You know, It's all connected, and it's all extremely difficult to navigate right now. So it's this concept of burnout that really got my attention, where you know, so many people are saying, you know, I just feel so burnt out right now. Feel like I'm beating my head against a wall. I can't. I can't be there for my customers the way I have in the past. I totally get it, and I felt that way too. And so, I mean, that begs the question: What is burnout in the first place? It's not actually a clinically diagnosed condition. It's it's kind of a cumulative effect of all of these stressors. This this pressure to keep up with the incessant demands of life and your job, and it's just like something that doesn't happen overnight. It's something that happens over the course of time. When you're constantly having these events that make you feel hopeless, they drain you of energy, you start having trouble sleeping, you stop taking care of yourself. When I say stop taking care of yourself, I, I mean more from like a diet standpoint, missing the workouts, not getting to the gym, being incredibly too dependent on ADHD medications and alcohol and nicotine, you know, all of these things that we think are helping us temporarily are actually compounding this this massive network of stress that's making us have all these these negative feelings and feel like we're struggling and having this this feeling of hopelessness and it's something that um, has has a couple of underlying clinical conditions and I don't want to talk too much about this because I'm not an expert um, it's just something that you know unfortunately through trial and error I've experienced for myself as well which are those uh, two things that so many are familiar with, anxiety and depression. And those are clinical things that, that really, should, really, really need treatment from a licensed professional. So how do we deal with this? Like, speaking of burnout specifically, um, because when I think about it, I think about reps who are 
just running ragged. Like that analogy from like the Wizard of Oz and the Scarecrows getting pulled apart by those flying monkeys. Like it can actually feel like that in your territory because your customers are becoming more and more demanding because they can't get what they need and you can't give it to them. So you're trying to find all these workarounds. You're running around like crazy trying to get everybody taken care of. And maybe there's some things that you're doing that customers should be doing for themselves. Like, it's actually part of their job to manage it. Like, it's their job to manage their equipment. Things are broken, need to be sent out. That's their job. I know that we do a lot of things to to deliver value to our customers. And we do it to, to basically prove, like, hey, we belong here. We, we are actually <laughs> solving more problems than we create. Um, but you can't do it well if you're burning yourself out. You know, if you're if you're running so ragged that you're just exhausted and, and you can't be the best version of yourself, those are some of the first things that I look to cut out. How do you recondition customer behavior to where they're not so dependent on you for certain things? Now, I'm not talking about just completely blowing off case coverage, or I'm not talking about like not showing up for in services. I'm talking about those little minor things that all compound over time that would be easy for the customer to do, but requires so much of your time just to get there to do it. So keep an eye out for that. You know, the next thing is paying very close attention to the systems that you've created and the habits that you're forming. Now, those who've read Atomic Habits are probably like, are you speaking straight from this book? Not exactly, but I'm taking some points away because I did read it recently and it kind of reinforced some things that I was already working on and things I already knew. Which, when I look back at the pandemic, and we had nothing to do all day, we were still waiting for hospitals to open back up, start cases again, and really just let us back in. That was a really easy time to create some bad habits, like drinking too much during the week, because you really had nothing else to do. Um, Just generally, like, waking up too late, creating some unhealthy sleep habits. Waking up too late is probably a bad example, because that's just hard to do now if you're out hitting your accounts, um, but just unhealthy sleep habits, bad sleep hygiene, and things like that. It's amazing how reinforced that can be to become a, just a very normal part of your life where you're not even thinking about it. And it, it can compound over time. Weak night alcohol leads to bad sleep. I'm not judging anybody who's doing it because been there not, not so long ago. I'm just pointing out that that's one of those things that can actually enhance and amplify um, these stressful events that are going on, whether you realize it or not, especially when you start decreasing the efficiency of your sleep and not getting enough sleep. So, um, and that leads to not having the energy to take care of yourself through exercise. And you start eating poorly. And you think about it. Too much alcohol during the week. Things that are going to be beneficial in your diet don't sound so good anymore, so this all compounds. And the, the other thing that I do want to specifically call out is a dependency on Adderall or Vyvanse. Now, anybody who is making any kind of changes with this, do not do it without direct conversations and supervision from your physician. But that is something that I have dealt with myself. If you've been taking ADHD medication... You know, since you were a teenager, like I was one of those people, you may not even really understand what life's like outside of it. You may not have the confidence to, to think you can even function without it. And you 
and you may not even know or have a relationship with the version of yourself that's off of it. So and I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast that there were some you know, a lot of things happening in life, reasons why I've kind of slacked off on this podcast, and that's very true. And to handle that, one of the things that I did was just completely stop doing all that stuff. Uh, cut out the weeknight drinking, stopped taking Vyvanse and Adderall, whichever one it was, and uh, completely stopped touching nicotine. For those who understand what that urge is like when you take those ADD meds, you know what I'm talking about, how hard that was. It is a whole new version of myself, and it is the best version. feels unstoppable. As far as from a sales perspective, I was doing fine, right? As a sales rep, I was making my numbers. I was growing my territory. Now, it's making me, my brain feels so much more agile. Feels like a 20-pound weight was lifted off the top of it. And it's like there's nothing I can't do. Like, I can't wait for 2023. I'm like, you know, I feel like we're all going to get these big growth numbers no matter what company or product category you work for. But I'm not anxious about it. Because I feel like I'm in the best place to be able to handle all of this, especially with all of the incessant demands of life. And that was a big difference for me. So I share that story because if somebody else is in that same boat and this could help you be the best version of yourself, that's why I'm talking about it. And if you're somebody who, like, you know what, I'm doing just fine mentally, I've got a good system worked out, still able to take care of myself, that's perfectly fine too. And again, I'm going to say this again. You know, don't do any of this stuff without the supervision of your your primary care doc or whatever specialist you're seeing that manages it, helps you manage this. But it's something that I felt was very important to call out on the subject of mental wellness, taking care of ourselves, and being the best version of ourselves. So again, in the show notes, BetterHelp, I think, is a phenomenal app. I have not sourced a professional through it, but I have navigated the app to see how it works. I think that if you're somebody interested in pairing up with a professional, there's a few better resources out there for you. And one of the things about therapy or counseling that I think can seem counterintuitive, but, but I think is a phenomenal idea, is to do it before your back's against a wall and before you feel like you absolutely need it. You've got somebody in your corner that can help you stay on top of these things. When I say these things, I mean help you navigate the most difficult challenges of life, both personally and professionally, help you navigate conflict, relationships, whatever it is you're struggling with, why not have that extra help? Like, Why not have somebody that's just going to accelerate all of this progress or help you accelerate all of this progress? And You can read as many self-help books as you can get your hands on, but how much of that are you actually applying? You know, do you have an accountability plan in place? Is there somebody helping you navigate all of this? Maybe you've got a great mentor, and mentors can take you to a certain point, but they're, remember, mentors are not mental health professionals. And it's almost unfair to burden them with that if you are struggling and truly need that next level of help. So there's a few other resources I'm going to include in the show notes. One was, of all sources, WebMD, which I know we have to be careful because if you Google a hangnail, you might think you have cancer. But there was a great write-up on burnout, breaking it down to the most fundamental components of it, you know, what causes it, what are the different types, and how to address it. 
And you know, I talked about lifestyle changes and, and how you address things, you know, how you address the symptoms of burnout. There's other things that, that were included in it, just making sure to carve out time for yourself, like mindfulness activities, even if it's just a breathing exercise for 30 seconds, just focusing on your inhales and exhales in a quiet environment, sitting upright so you can allow yourself to truly breathe. Making sure to get outside if you're going for walks or a quick jog. Something is better than nothing. So read through that. I think it's great because even if you're not burnt out or you're not struggling with this and you're wondering why you even made it this far in the podcast, being proactive about this is is, is a far better idea than, than waiting for things to get bad and then trying to start to educate yourself. And so... I really want to turn this into a multi-part podcast. I want to bring people on who know a lot more about this stuff than I do and how to address it. And I'm just telling you through my own lens of experience, maybe this isn't all information that you're going to benefit from because your life situation is entirely different. That is perfectly fine. That's not what I mean. That's not what this is about. This is just an opportunity to challenge you, to open your eyes, make you think, provoke thought. At the end of the day, that's really what I'm here for, right? Is just like on my LinkedIn page, my goal for, for, for this community is, is to be a, a, a curator of information, a content creator, and uh, if, if you guys benefit from it, to give you a nudge in the right direction. So stay tuned for the next episode. I'm trying to stay on a better schedule here. can't make any promises because there are certain things that will always come first, but um, if you need absolutely anything, you know where to find me. Best place to reach me is always going to be on Instagram. That's where I'm most, where I'm most active. And be sure to check out the subscriber feature and the website. It's www.maddevicenetwork.com. And I hope everybody has a great finish to Q4. We should be talking before then. Good luck out there, Red Hat Gang. <laughs>